Good morning, church. <laughs> I hope we've all had a good week, and it's a blessing to be here once more. Amen. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for another morning. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for making it possible for us to meet here once again. We pray committing this morning's message into your hands. Father, shall it be a seed? We pray that it shall be a seed, O Lord. That, Father, when it touch our heart, O Lord, it shall germinate. Father, it shall bear fruit, O Lord. We don't want to just be hearers, but, Father, doers of your word. We pray committing ourselves into your hands. Father, even as your word goes forth, Father, may it be life, O Lord. May it touch hearts, O Lord. We say that let your name be glorified this morning. In your mighty name, we pray of thanksgiving. Amen. So over the past couple of weeks, um, Pastor and, and other um, elders have been bringing us a word about running our race, and also we've heard about our field. And this morning, we want to bring you um, the race from a different perspective, amen? amen? We have a responsibility as individuals to run our race, but when you look at it, the individuals that run the race also constitutes the body, which is us. So individually, we are running our race. And if each of us is running our race, then as a body, we are running the race. Amen. And this morning, we just want to touch on a few things um, that we believe are important when we talk about the race. Amen. Okay, this morning, we want to uh, speak to you about... Um Running our race, sorry. Uh, running the race corporately, hallelujah. Running the race corporately. You know, as she said earlier on, um, as individuals, we have a race to run, but God has placed us in a body. And if you find yourself here, you are in a body. You know, you are not on your own. You are in a body. And as we are part of the body, we need to identify the race that we are in. You know, identify the race that we are in, and then together we run the race. Because when we run together, then we'll be able to achieve what God has purposed for us. You know, we will be able to get to the point called finish. Hallelujah. Yeah. If you look at a four by hundred race, each person that forms part of the four man team has a portion of the field they cover. But by the end of the race, they would have completed the whole lap without each person having necessarily completed the whole lap. Amen. And that is how we are when we look at ourselves as a body. Amen. Yeah. Our passage for this morning is from 1 Corinthians verse 12. Sorry, chapter 12 from verse 12 to 27. But this morning we're going to focus on 12 to 13. It says that the human body has many parts. But the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Amen. Yeah. Uh, running the race corporately gives us access to everything we need. You know, when you are by yourself, sometimes... There are things that you can do. 
But when you are in the body, there are other things that you can gain from. It, um, there are other things that you can gain from when you are part of the body. And one thing we have to bear in mind is that the race, you know, as we run the race, in the Christian race, it's not to compete against each other. Like she mm -hmm. said earlier on, it's not to compete against each other. Like when you have a four by four and you, got, you have four people running the, the same 100 meters, four by 100, you realize that they all want to achieve, you know, get to the finish line. But at the end of the day, they are not running against each other. They are, comp you know, they are each one has its position and a track to finish, a, a space to finish. And so are we in the body of Christ. Each one of us, as individuals, we have our position in the body. And we have, you know, a, a responsibility of what, or what to do. The race is not to complete, um, complete, uh, compete against each other, but to work together in unity, to build strength, and to build together. Hallelujah. We, we need to build together. Now, the first thing we want to talk about, which we've really started talking about, is that when we run corporately, we have access to everything that we need for our own race. This morning, we've, we heard about each of us as a, as a, as a field and that we have to co cultivate that field. Amen. But in cultivating that field, you need somebody to come alongside you and strengthen you. Now, we have everything that we need for life and godliness within the body that God has given us. Amen. We have like-minded people. We share the same DNA. The path that you are walking, somebody have walked that path before. They know where the corners are. They know where the dangers are. So you don't need to run on your own. There is somebody who can help you to run your race. It doesn't matter how difficult it is. It doesn't matter if you feel that you are the only one who is walking this path. I can guarantee that there is somebody in the body that God has given us that can help you to run your race. Let's just look at, there are so many things that we can find in the body. But let's just concentrate on a few things. Back in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 earlier, Paul spoke about the gifts of the spirit. Now, these nine gifts of the Spirit has been given to the body to help, encourage, strengthen, and to build each other up. Now, I see it that each of this is, can be like a field that we need to cultivate. Each of us has been given a measure of this gift, but it's our responsibility to cultivate it, to grow it, so that it can be of use to the body. Amen. If you look at the words, word, word of wisdom... It doesn't matter where you're going or where, which path your race is taking you. There is somebody who can give you a word of advice. There's somebody who can, is it help that you need to bring up your children? There's somebody who can help you. No matter what it is, there is advice in the house. Amen. There's also word of knowledge in, um, in the body. You know, because um, as we've been placed in the body, you know, you come across different people who have different level of knowledge compared to you. People are higher than you. People are lower than you. And as a body, we need to work together, you know, in sync. Because you might have some, something that somebody doesn't have. And you've been placed here to give that you know, knowledge, level of knowledge or word of knowledge to help somebody to come up to the same level. 
And there's also, by all means, you get somebody who has a level of knowledge higher than you. Because we all started at a different point in time. Somebody became a Christian before you, or somebody knew Christ before you. And over the past, over the, you know, the number of years, they've gained some level of knowledge and experience, which when you come into the body, you realize that there's something you, you can gain from somebody. No one is an island. That's one thing I normally say. No one is an island. Even an island is surrounded by water. Yeah, so once you find yourself here, you realize that you have to rub shoulders with somebody to gain knowledge. Otherwise, you just be on your own. Gift of faith. This is an incredible belief. Some people have that, that they can believe anything for you. They can believe the world for you. And there are times that in your race that you feel low, that you need somebody to come alongside you. It's a strong, it has a strong link with prayer. Now, I've heard so many times over the past couple of weeks how people have come alongside people, how people have partnered with people through prayer and have gained results. Amen. So if there is gift of faith in the house, I believe that. So there are people who can partner with you to, go, to help you to go through whatever you are going through. Yeah, we also have a gift of healing. No, in the house, when God brings so many people together, each one has got his own gift. Some have also got the gift of healing. And you realize that when you are in a body like that, there's, there's, there's no way you can have all the gifts. Maybe you can have a couple of them, but God gives you know, different people different gifts. And there will be some people who have that gift of healing to help other people you know, in times of need. Now, the key thing about these gifts are that they are not self-serving, but to serve the whole body of Christ. Yeah. That's the purpose for which they were given. Now, with that comes responsibility. Responsibility for us to cultivate. Responsibility for us to grow in measure of these gifts. It's not just enough to have it and just say, well, it's good enough for me. Think about serving it, using it to serve the body. Amen. I have been challenging myself in the area of prophecy and I've had to get people to come alongside me. I've had to consciously cultivate my field. I've had to go beyond myself to learn, to understand. Amen. Because I understand that it's not just about me. Because I can say that if it's just about me, I really don't mind. I don't, if I don't have the spirit, the gift of prophecy, that's fine. I can go through my life, but it's beyond me. Because I'm looking at it from the body, amen. That everybody within the body can benefit from this gift, amen. It must also be used in love and with the right motive. Yeah. Without love and without the right motive, we will not be able to achieve what we want to achieve. If you're doing it from a point of serving the body, then that's the right way to use this gift. And then we must also earnestly seek to identify and also to grow our gift, amen. You know, Pastor said this morning, if you haven't got a gift of uh, praying in the spirit, just use your heavenly language. Sorry, just use your earthly language. And as you begin to build it, God will grant you. Amen. So you can just say that and say, I don't have it. And I'm not going to try. I'm not going to even push because I don't mind. But that's not what it is. Amen. It is for the benefit of the whole body. Amen. Yeah. Now, it's important that we all get alongside someone. Ask yourself, who can I help? What have I got, first of all? 
What have I achieved? How can I come alongside someone? The flip side is also true. You also have a responsibility to find out who can help me? Who can I speak to? Who can shed some um, wisdom on this issue that I have or this problem I'm having in this race? Amen. Yeah. Um, God has placed us in the body for a reason. And that's one thing we need to understand. Yeah. First Peter 4.10. First Peter 4.10 says that God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. Here, Peter is encouraging us to use our gift to serve, the, to serve the body. He's also encouraging us. He's telling us that when we do that, we bring glory to God. Amen. Yeah. Okay, so just ask a question. Who, uh, the question, who is running alongside you? Yeah, who is cheering you up? You know, who is helping you? In, in all of this, there's also an important part, which is from Hebrews 12, the great cloud of witnesses. Amen. Yeah. They are there to cheer us on. If you look at um, any sport, if you look at, um, I don't know, a 400-meter race, you realize that they would have run for a very long time. They have to go through the lap four times, and they run for a long time. And then maybe 100 meters to finishing, they are tired, they are weak, they cannot go on. They've encouraged themselves to the maximum. They can't encourage themselves anymore. But you see a difference when the, cl- a crowd, sorry, the cloud begin, the crowd begin to cheer. When they lift up their voices and they begin to cheer, you can see, almost see a different person. They pick up the race. And for something that looked like they were not going to even cross the finish line, they managed to actually win it. The crowd of witnesses is within the body. Amen. They are standing alongside you. They're cheering you on. They are glad and they're happy when you make progress in your race. They want you to finish strong. They want you to cross the finish line. I want you to cross the finish line just as you want me to cross the finish line. Amen. Yeah. We want to also talk about, um, continue with the, you know, we want to talk about the return for our labor, you know, return for our labor as we run the race corporately. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to 12. It says that two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. A good return for their labor. If either of them fall down, one can help the other up. But pity, pity, uh, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them. Also, if two lie together, they will keep each other warm. But who can keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three stands of, of three strands is not quickly broken. It's self-explanatory, isn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, it's, all, it's always true. You know, you can do things by yourself, but when you get the extra force, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the strength from other, other people, you realize that things move faster and stronger. Okay. Can we watch a little... Just a little video. Just look at what happened. Isn't that amazing? Just look at this, and you realize that if it's each one of them wanted to go over the wall by themselves, would it have been possible? There was no way, because that wall is so high. There was no way. But as they teamed up together, and they tried to you know, help each other, work together, and you realize that no one came and said, I want to go first, or I want to do this. They know, no, let's cross over the wall. And they just worked things together, and quickly... They all went over the wall. It's not about who, who, know, who goes faster or who, who runs quicker and so on, but it's about we working together as a team and we crossing the finish line. Thank you. Yeah. Just to add to this, um, you know, uh, back in the days when I used to be younger, <laughs> not that I'm too old, but when I used to be younger, uh, I, used to, I used to run a marathon. You know, it, it was just a long story before how I got into the, you know, running races and so on. But I used to run marathons and um, I was part, you know, you, we have house uh, in school, we have houses and then you are part of the house team. And then if you are good, you become part of the school team. Yeah. So I was part of the house team. I was, I was good. I wasn't the best, but I was good. <laughs> so there was a time we went out for uh, inter-schools we call it inter-schools, different schools, about 10 schools to come together. Each school brings 10 uh, candidate or contestants, candidates. And uh, we were running the race, and, you know, you have to, where we used to live is a very hilly place. So it's not like you are just running flat. You have to go climb a hill, descend, climb a hill, descend. And there was, the first time I went on the marathon, um, I was running my race, you know. You know, you go in and then, you don't always get to start from the front, but as I was going, I was, you know, overtaking people. I knew I was doing well, but it got to a time where it's like getting to the finish line. You could see people, cheer, you could hear people cheering up, you know, cheering, oh, hey, you know, finish quick. And you could just see it there. But then I got to the point and then the guy just directed me and I look at the hill. <laughs> it's like before you go to the finish line, you have to climb a hill, just go over uh, no, something that they've put there and then descend again. And when I look at my strength, it's like, how am I going to climb this? So I started walking. But then a guy, a colleague from the same school just came alongside and then started encouraging me, let's go, let's go. It's just a few you know, meters to go. So we started running. And then we started running and then we met another person from the same school. And then he saw us and then he also started running. So it's like, you know, because we are a team, and we know we are, we are a part of the same team, we encourage each other, 
you know, to try and finish. And we finished, and I realized I was seventh position out of 80 people. It wasn't, yeah, it was, it was good, yeah. Yeah, so it's like running as a team. If it was just me on my own, I would have just walked to the end or walked up the hill and then started descending, running. But as a team, we worked together, you know, supporting each other, and we were able to cross the finish line. Yeah, good. The next thing we also want to touch on is that when we run the race corporately, it brings a strong supernatural presence of God into our midst. Amen. Mm. And Pastor Tony spoke about this this morning from Acts 2 verse 1 to 4. And he says that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were all in one accord with one place. You know, I don't even have to speak much. Think about what happened this morning. We were all with one accord. We were in one place. We had the same spirit. We lifted up our voices as one and heaven came down. Amen. So the presence of God is strongly felt. We are all filled with the spirit and our voice is heard. Now what comes to my mind when I think about this is if you think about, let's say a stadium and at night, there are a lot of people there but you can't see it because it's dark and it's pitch black. And one person switches the light on, either a phone or a candle or whatever, they switch it on. And then suddenly you can see that spot there. Now the next person switches theirs on. And then the next person, and then the next person, and the next person. And by the time you realize, the whole stadium is filled with light. And all of a sudden you can see. That is how I think about it. You, you can do things by yourself. And we do bring glory down in our own prayer closet. But when we come together, it's a different thing altogether. Our voices can be heard from beyond. It's like the sound. When one person makes a sound, it is a sound. But when we all come together and we make a sound, it is a roar. You don't make that roar by yourself. Each one of us has a unique sound. But when we come together, it's no more a sound. It's a roar. And it can cause earthquakes. It can shake the enemy's territory. Amen. Amen. We continue. um, We go to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. It says that in a great house, they are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also also of wood and clay, some for honor for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of for honor, sanctified sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Hallelujah. I believe we are all vessels in this house, isn't it? Once you find yourself in this house, you are a vessel. And if you are a vessel, a vessels are meant to be used. We just don't, we, we, just can't, we just can't come and just, you know, warm the, pew, the chairs, you know, and go back home. We need to set in our hearts and in our minds that God has saved us. The Bible says that for by grace are we saved unto good works. So if you are saved and you are sitting here, you have been saved for good works. And you need to tune your mind that there's a work to be done. Yeah. And you need to tune your mind that you have to be a vessel of honor. 
one thing that when I think about a vessel that I think is really important is there are three things we want to talk about yeah. in a corporate when we run corporately. First of all, every vessel is important. Yeah. Amen. Now I think about the parts of our bodies as um, as Paul said, we are one body but with different parts. And if I just use an example with the eyes and the ears. So most people will the eye is more in a focal point. Everybody sees your eyes. It's the first thing people look at when they approach you. I remember a long, long time ago, my husband used to tell me I have beautiful eyes. He doesn't say it anymore, but he used to I say it in my heart. <laughs> He doesn't say anymore, but he used to say. But I can also remember, I never ever heard him say, I have beautiful ears. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is, in the house, it can seem as if some vessels are more important than the others. But every vessel is important. Yeah. You cannot see my ears because I'm, I've covered it. But you, so you think it's not there, but it is there. In the house... It might, you might feel that what you bring or what you contribute doesn't matter just because it's not in a focal point where everybody's commenting. It might be that what you bring is in your prayer closet where nobody sees, nobody knows. But when you walk in the house, you see the impact. But God knows, amen. That doesn't mean that your part is not important. That doesn't mean that you can just forget about it. Can you imagine if the ears decide not to do its work? The ear not just helps us to hear, it also helps the body to maintain its balance. If the ear wakes up one day and say, well, she's covered me again. Nobody can see how beautiful I am. So I'm I'm not going to do what I need to do. Can you imagine? The whole body cannot get up and do what it's supposed to do because you will lose its, um, its balance. Amen. Every vessel is important. And the way we recognize it is when we run together. Because you cannot just go. It leaves a gap there. And the body cannot function as it should. Each constituent of the body plays an important role. Without the single toe on your foot, you cannot do anything. If your toe is hurting you, you're housebound. You cannot go anywhere. So what use is it for my eyes if I cannot go out? What use is it, my hands, if I cannot go out? And that is only just because a tiny bit of your body decides not to function. It's the same way. We have to know what God has placed inside us. We have to know that God has placed us here for a purpose. And that your contribution is as important as the next person. Amen. The next thing I want to talk about as well is, so first of all, every vessel is important. Secondly, every vessel is honored. Amen. Now, Romans 12.10 says that, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Now, there's a, there's, a, there's a unique thing about Anna. You cannot do it for yourself. Somebody has to honor you. 
Now, the thing about honor and respect is people say that you've got to end the respect. But with honor, you, you do it because you want to do it. It's not because of the person's age. It's not because of what they carry. It's not because they are rich. It's not because of anything. But you choose to give it. And when you give it, it does an amazing thing to the person who's receiving it. Now, we've all, as a body, got to appreciate each and every person. And honor each and every person for what they bring and what they carry. Amen. I like the way the English Standard Version and the New Living Translation says it. The English Standard Version says, love one another with brotherly affection. And it says, I'll do one another in showing honor. As a house, if we decide to have honor competition, show me how much honor you can give. How amazing will everybody feel? Everybody will feel treasured. It doesn't matter what they bring. They'll feel loved. They will feel that they, are, they matter. Amen. Yeah. The New Living Translation says that love each other with genuine affection. It hasn't got a price tag to it. And it says take delight in honoring each other. Enjoy honoring each other. Amen. Mm. When we go to uh, Romans 13, it says that um, we also honor those in authority. Yeah, we need to give uh, honor to those in authority. You know, um, sometimes you have you, you find yourself in the body, and you sometimes think that we are all equal or um, we are all the same. It's we 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 are all part of the body, but you realize that God has given us pastors. You know. God has given us um, prophets and so on. And you realize that when you are in the body, there are people who need, need to be given that honor because God has set them in authority. God has mm-hmm. set them in place. And you giving them that honor gives them the strength to do what they need to do. And you also get the benefit that you need to get from it. We've been built to be used. You know, we've been built to be used, I said earlier on. And you realize that when you continue reading First um, Timothy 2, chapter 2, verse 21, it says that, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter where you find yourself, whether you think you are you know, just a nobody or you are just there. You know, I, some time ago, I used to put myself in a low category where it's like I just come. I know I've got some skills that I can, you know, I can bring to the house of God. But I saw myself as, you know, I'll just come and do a few things that I can. But as in the body or as when I, when I joined the, the, this house and pastor put a lot into me, you know, he saw something in me. And that's one thing, you know, when you are in the body... There are some gifts, there are some things that are in you that you might not see yourself. But it it just takes somebody to point out that, look, there's this particular gift in you, which when harnessed can become a great gift and can be used for the house. You know, it's not for like selfish, you know, use, but useful for the house. And I I, I believe with that, I've risen up to a different level 
where I find confidence in myself. And it's all because I identified myself with the body. I identified myself as part of the body. Let me just say a story. Some, some time ago, I met somebody who used to come to church here. And um, he saw me and said, oh, how are you? You know, we, we just greeted each other. And he said, oh, are you still going to that church, that uh, pastor's church? I said, no, I go to the dream center. He said, no, that pastor, that, I said, no, I go to the dream center. I'm part of the body. I don't go to a pastor's church. I go to the dream center. He's my pastor. And he was trying to remember the, you know, remember the name, but I was just telling him it's a dream center, you know, just to make him aware that if you are part of the church, it's the dream center and you're part of the body. You are not part of a pastor's church. Hallelujah. And when you, when you identify yourself as part of the dream center, as part of the corporate body, you think differently and you do things differently. The, the thing about when you are part of the corporate race, every vessel gets used. Is because we are part of a body, there are different needs in the house. But you also have to make yourself available to be used. Yeah. If you want to be used, you will be used. Because what you carry, there will be somebody who needs it. Now, the thing about preferring each other is, as we prefer each other, as we honor each other, it means that as I'm preferring you, somebody else is preferring me. So there is never a want or a need. Everybody gets used. And that's the beauty of being part of a body. My hands relies on my mind, my brain to do its job. If I see... I don't know. If I, if I want to go and touch Ange there, my hands is what's going to touch Ange or give Ange, Ange a hug. But if my legs doesn't carry me there, my hands can want all it can. I cannot do it. Every part gets used. Nothing is wasted. So you may think that I only make the drinks. But if you don't make the drinks... The people who come will not be refreshed and they won't go home and think, I want to come again. <laughs> so you never know. By making the drink, you get somebody else to come. And they may at first be coming because of the drink, but with time, another seed gets sowed. Yeah. And with time, they, don't, they forget the drink is there. <laughs> and they are coming for a different purpose. Amen. Yeah. Every part gets used. So if you're here this morning and you don't think that you are getting used, then find out how you can be used because every part, every part of the body gets used. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, we go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 2. It says that, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking 
to your own interests, but each other, but each of uh, each of you to the interests of the other. Each of us has a specialized God-given role. Amen. Mm. Now, the part of excitement in running our race is that we find what that role is. It's all part of the adventure. Sometimes it's through tears. <laughs> but it's important that we discover what that God-designed role is. And making it available to serve the body of God. So that we can all run the race. So that we can all finish strong. Amen. Amen. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us a body to be part of, to cherish, and to cultivate, and to bring whatever we have to make that body work efficiently to your glory. Father, I pray, Lord, that you touch each and every one of us. Help us to identify what part we play, and help us not to underestimate or overestimate our importance as part of the body. As we run our race, Father, help us to partner with people. Let's forget about our pride. Let's identify that God has not made us run this race all by ourselves. He has placed us in a body, and let's seek the help and the support that we need. Also, Father, I pray that for those of us who have journeyed this path before, who know about what the race entails, May we make ourselves available. May we look out for ways that we can help to bring other people across the line. Father, I pray, Lord, that this seed that you have sown in us today, may you help us to make use of that seed. If we have identified what we, are, we need to do, help us to grow in it. Help us to do, develop in it. We thank you, Lord. And above all, we pray that our motive will be pure. We will do it in love. And Father, we will serve your house to bring you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well done, guys. The thing about spiritual gifts is this, is that the sad thing about spiritual gifts is they are no longer in fashion. In much of the contemporary church today, spiritual gifts are less and less being seen in today's church. Now, the church that Phil and I grew up in, they were vehemently against the use of spiritual gifts. Because they believed that the Holy Spirit finished. The word they use is dispensation means time. The Holy Spirit finished when he, you know, when the, when the book of Acts and, the, church and the, the apostles left the earth. That was it. I mean, that's crazy. That's stupid. That's nonsensical. But they vehemently used to feel that and think that. And there's many people today still believe that. 
And there are many churches that do not have the gifts of the Holy Spirit operating in the lives of the church and in the lives of the people. Now, if that's the case, get your Bible, just hold it in your hand, rip out 1 and 2 Corinthians, the book of Acts, Ephesians, Romans, right, Peter. Just throw your Bible away and say, we don't need this now. Let's just stick with the Old Testament. Because the whole church in the book of Acts, all the way through the New Testament, is a spirit-led church with people functioning in spiritual gifts, as we've heard this morning, right? But the problem is, do you know why, do you know why the, church, uh, the spiritual gifts go out of fashion? It's because people like you and me let them. We let them. We've got pastors now, and the bigger the, bigger the church... There's an image there that says we want everything to be done in nice and order. So we don't want we don't want prophecy. We don't want different gifts. So we'll just have the music really strong, nice, and then we'll have a nice word. Then we'll go home. And there is no activity. When was the last time you heard anybody give a message in tongues in this house? You know the last person I, I heard do it. We buried the last. We buried the last week. Margaret was, was one of the greatest proponents of giving messages in tongues. And then we had other people throughout the age. Vera Noble used to, used to do it and others used to do it. But you never ever hear anybody give a message in tongues today. Why? Because the contemporary church isn't built for it. Now, the problem with that is, if it's not built for it, you can't be trained for it. Yes? Now, just open your Bible, and I'm not going to preach because they've already done that, but I do want to make a comment. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, surely you, you, the common sense speaks for itself. Now, about spiritual gifts. Brothers, gifts with a comma, pause. Brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. Now about spiritual gifts. Pause. Dream center. I don't want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, and we all know we were pagans, yeah, some of you were influenced and led astray by mute idols. In other words, things you worship that couldn't speak. Yeah? And therefore, I tell you that, not, uh, that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Ghost. So this morning, you praising God, that was by the Spirit. But there's more. There's gifts of the Spirit. Therefore, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service but the same Lord, there are different kinds of working, but the same God works in all. So there are gifts, services, and works. Gifts, services, and works. So before we get to service and works, gifts. You cannot run the race without spiritual gifts. You cannot run the race. That's why the Holy Spirit was given. So that you could know and you could be empowered and you could go with power. But here's the problem. 
You, I want to say you, I mean, and me, and the body of Christ, it's a travesty to sit here and not demand the Holy Spirit to move in me and you and us. Now, you say, well, I've not been trained. That's, what, that's different altogether. But you who have been Christians now for long enough, for you to sit there and allow it just for me to use it or him to use it or somebody else, that's a shame on you. That's a travesty about your Christianity. Why? Because there's millions of churches who are doing that who don't even give it a second thought. Do you realize people have been persecuted to bring in the baptism of the Holy Spirit? We must never, ever shut the Holy Spirit down and shut the Holy Spirit moving in gifts through his people. We must never do that. The moment we do that, we have a Jesus-only church. You cannot have a Jesus only. You must have a Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and a body. Yes? And the moment we shut it down, do you realize how tempting it is when strangers come through the door and heaven's going a little bit full on in here, how easy it would be just to calm it down? We'll lose them if they walk out the door. Guess what? Let's lose them. Let's lose them. Why? When, do we want to lose them? No. No. But if it's a choice over two or three people joining and shutting the Holy Spirit down and him leaving, guess what? I know which one I'd rather see walk through the door. The Holy Ghost, it takes brave, courageous people to keep the Holy Ghost in today's church. Brave, courageous people. And when I say brave, courageous people, I don't just mean the preachers. I mean you, the body. You must keep hold of what you've got. You must demonstrate the baptism of the Holy Spirit is still alive in your life. You really must do. Because there's too many churches shutting down the Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ is building his church, but he's not building everybody's church. And I really believe that one of the keys to the prophetic apostolic church is that God can only speak to those who will allow him to speak. Yes? Now, you allow me to speak to you. But you know the danger is, you, the greatest tragedy of Israel was this. The greatest tragedy. In all the Old Testament, the greatest tragedies was when God brought them to the mountain. Stand up, Phil. And he said, Moses, you go and speak to him. We'll stay here. That was the greatest tragedy that Israel ever committed. Sending him up rather than speak to us. Because if God gets him, he gets him and we're still alive. So the church today is happy for the preacher to hear God. But they, they're okay listening to him. But them going to hear God, them actually going up the mountain and making that journey. God, what are you saying to me? So when the pastor speaks, it actually is in line with what God's speaking to you. The greatest tragedy is when you allow me to speak to God for you. And I go up the mountain and say, this is what the Lord said. And you all look at me like that going, I didn't say that to me. You should, there should be such a witness in your heart saying, that's what the Lord's saying to me. Wow, our pastor's on point here. 
Yeah, yeah. You don't need me to convince you what God's saying. It should be a witness. And if I'm doing my job, I, must, I train you so that you hear God for you. So if I die tonight, you've still got the word of the Lord inside your heart. You still know how to touch heaven. That's what makes us part of this body. So the point is, is you can't just allow me to go up that mountain or Phil or Paul. Church, hear the pastor's heart this morning. Hear the Holy Spirit pleading through the pastor's heart. You, his body. I gave you the same spirit as he gave me, Phil and Paul. I gave you the same spirit. The same tongues that he gave me is given to you. Not the same language, but the same power to speak. The same ability to speak in tongues. Some may flow in it a little bit more. And the reason why that is because some of us don't speak in it enough. If I learn German and I only learn a few words and I don't keep speaking, I'm not going to stretch that vocabulary. And that's how it is with tongues. Keep speak. Paul said, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Yeah, Paul says, I pray in spirit more than you all. That was a pretty strong boast to make, but it was a, it, he knew it. We have got to get back the gifts of the spirit in you. In you. Because he's given to us in different measures. I might not have the gift of interpretation of a tongue. But you might have. But you can't interpret it until somebody else brings it. I might not have that word of wisdom, but you, someone else might have that word of wisdom. I might not have that word of knowledge, but you might have that word of knowledge. Can you imagine if, if all the gifts are functioning in this house, how easy that race is going to be? Yeah? I wish that you would all speak in songs, Paul says. You can all prophesy, but when was the last time you prophesied? So there's a challenge on here, people. There's a challenge to get the Holy Ghost back in his house functioning. No, just be happy with me moving in gifts or Phil moving in gifts. I'm putting a challenge out to you as his people. You are his beloved. He gave you the same gifts and attributes he's given to me. You must rise in the spirit on all occasions. Amen. So let's stand to our feet. Take this as a challenge this morning. If you want to be in that race, you must take responsibility. And Paul says it clear. Now about spiritual gifts, comma. Phil, I don't want you to be ignorant. Lisa, I don't want you to be ignorant. That's what he's saying. So if he doesn't want me to be ignorant, he wants to teach me something. Is that true? If I say to you, David, David, I don't want you to be ignorant over something. Well, what don't you want me to be ignorant about? So now he's inquired. So, Lord, show me again. The gifts in the body. I want gifts, Lord. I want spiritual gifts. I want to prophesy, Lord. I want to heal. I want, I want, to, I want to bring a word of wisdom. I want to bring a word of knowledge. He says, that's, that's my boy. That's my girl. Well, when can I bring it? Just come in your heart with something. Come, well, Lord, I don't know what a word and all it's like. Well, have a go. Well, let's find out. Let's train you. Let's, let's help you. The Corinthians church, they were all going crazy. Now, we criticize the Corinthian church because they were immature. But you know what? Right now, I'd have a bit of that. Because the alternative doesn't look too bright. Amen? 
God's house is going to be filled with his voice, his gifts, his power, his people in you, in you. There's nations around the world dying to hear this. So, Father, right now, we stand as a corporate group of people. We don't want to turn back the clock and say the good old days. Lord, we want, we want today's day. That's the only day we live in, Lord, is today. But, Lord, we don't want to let go what our forefathers labored for. Our forefathers were persecuted for crossing over in this direction. Our forefathers were chastised. They were segregated. They were put out the church because anyone who wanted the move of the Spirit was seen as being weird, doctrinally inerrant. But oh God, you raised a company of people who would break through and cross over to the other side. Your heart has always been for the corporate race. So Father, once again, assemble a body who understand the dimensions of the Spirit, whose emphasis is on the Spirit and on spiritual gifts, but not just gifts, but on the, on the realm of the Spirit. Oh, Father, let us not become trapped in just gifts, but let us be so caught up in the life of the Spirit that gifts become an expression of that life. Rather than the only emphasis. Father, we ask you right now. Raise those only hands. I'm going to pray for you to receive gifts. Tongues. Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom's coming. Right now it's coming. The Lord is, is bestowing it upon you. Discernment of spirits. The gift of healing. Prophecy, interpretation of tongues, interpretation of prophecy. Right now, they're coming upon you. Right now, in this body, I declare them to be, right now, just like rain falling from the sky, it's falling on the body of Christ. It's coming in seed form. It's coming in seed form. It's coming in seed form. Right now, receive those gifts. Of the Holy Ghost. The body of Christ is ready to be built. The body of Christ is ready to go to a whole new level. By what you're receiving today. So maybe we'd be truly thankful for what God has given in our midst this day. This very day. Lord is sowing seeds afresh. Water them. And the Lord will speak to you. Something will be said in this house and straight away something will rise up in your spirit. And you will have an insight, you'll have an understanding, you'll have something to contribute to what is being said, spoken and sung and prayed. That's how you know God is stirring you on the inside with a gift. Please don't be sit idle. God didn't sit, create you to sit idle. God didn't create you to worship idols. Sit bone idol. God created you to be active. Full of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Father. 
We love your church, Lord. We love your church. Let every woman in this house receive a fresh measure. From this day forth, tongues will return. Interpretation, prophecy, healings. Things that have just gone amiss. Things that have just been thrown aside. Things that have just been ignored. Idly tossed to one side. Right now, we call them back. Let the dry bones prophesy once again. Come alive with spiritual vitality. Now, right now, right now in Jesus' name. That's it. Go and just keep speaking in your, in your heavenly language. Let's get an exercise of it going. If you don't speak in tongues, speak in natural language. Let something of heaven begin to de- be deposited in your heart. Father, right now. Oh, Blow, the wind of the Spirit is blowing, blowing. Right now, just like you did in the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost is blowing in the house once again. Come on, call out the gifts that you seek the Lord for. He said, earnestly seek the gifts. Earnestly seek them. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Lord, give me a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Now to each one, it says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, he's given the spirit of wisdom, the message of knowledge by the same spirit. To another, faith. Come on, someone lay hold of faith. The same spirit. To another, gifts of healing. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing the spirits. To another one, speaking in different tongues. And still others, the interpretation of tongues. All these are for the work of the one of the same spirit. And give and listen, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Give me today, O oh God, the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For the common good. Now the next thing, how do I know I've got the gift? When you feel your spirit stirring on the inside, you begin to stand up and speak. Come to us at the front, say, I feel something in my spirit stirring. Let us put a title on it. Let's give it some clarity. Let's give it some definition. We can say that's knowledge. That's wisdom. Let's help you define what it is you've received this morning. Amen? Let us define it. See, it's so easy to shut down because too many people might come. But we're creating a system where it can flow. But it just means we just might have to take a little bit of time trying to discern it here at the front so that it finds its place and its accuracy within the body. Each one can't just be free to just go boom, boom, boom. But you've got to allow us because we're creating a system because we don't want to stop it. We want to see it flow. Amen? So the alternative is to shut it down and don't have to worry about the mess. Well, I'd rather deal with a mess to get the Holy Ghost out. Amen? It doesn't matter how big the church is, we can have spiritual movements. 
we can have the flow of the Holy Ghost. Amen? If we grow to be 5,000, we will have the Holy Ghost. Doesn't matter what size, where you put us, we will have the, flow, the body filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it's Bible. Amen? So, Father, right now, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for the couple. Thank you for ministry. Ministry through a couple this morning. Thank you for their hearts and their clarity this morning. Thank you for their obedience. Thank you, O oh God, that the training is working. Father, we thank you. We are thankful people this morning. We take the challenge to make this body a body that is filled with the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Amen.